for me. I probably left a few out there, but in saying that, I've played a lot better than what I did last time. Um, I feel like I'm in good positions. I'm looking to score. Um, I've had a couple of unlucky dismissals, um, and then dismissals where I've tried to negate the swing or the seam, and it's just caused the outside edge of the bat. So for me, I feel like I'm in a, a good space, um, distributed well, and as a batting unit, we're all about partnerships, um, and I think the partnerships that we've had in key moments of this series, of this series so far have actually worked very well for us as a team. David Warner on his form in this Ashes Test Series. David, it's called getting out. When it catches the edge of the bat, when you don't cope with the swing, when you don't make runs, it's called getting out, mate. I mean, please, how much how much longer are we going to rationalise this, this for? What do you reckon, people? Give us your thoughts on the temper at Bedshed text line on 0487 736 736. Call us on the open line, 13 12 55. We are, as always, brought to you by Isuzu Utes, and you can live your own way in the seven-seater Isuzu MUX. But to share his thoughts on the cricket, we have ESPN, Crick Info, and Forbes and Associated Presses, Tristan Lavalette. Welcome to the show, Tristan. Morning, Darth. How's it going? Not too bad, mate. I reckon David Warner has almost matched the palms for excuses there. Um, what do you make of the, the lead-up to the fifth test, and uh, how do you think the Aussies will go in? Well, first down, Warner. I mean, we've been talking about it for oh, about uh, since last summer, haven't we? I mean, he's. Uh, I mean, he's clearly struggling, and um, but doubling down, he's obviously going to play in the fifth test. So I don't think we're going to see any changes there. But for his own sake, it'd be a nice way to probably bow out. I think he probably needs to to uh, be realistic, and and he just can't quite do it anymore. I mean, he's still trying. I mean, he's battling out there, but not quite happening for him. It, it happens when you get older and when he's averaged 28 in two and a half years. So I think that says it all really. So unfortunately, um, he doesn't seem like he wants to, to give it up and Australia don't seem to want to make a call on that. So unfortunately, I think we're heading for maybe a bit of a, a sad ending where he might uh, eventually get dropped ahead of the Australian summer. But he'll be playing uh, in the fifth test um, and the sort of... Uh, Dilemma for Australia is who they probably leave out for Todd Murphy, who I think they have to play after not playing in the fourth test, but at the Oval, which is a flat pitch traditionally and favors, can favour spin, uh, he'll have to play. And there is a, a bit of doubt over Mitch Marsh and uh, Mitchell Stark as well over their uh, sort of fitness. So uh, that might make it a little bit easier. But if, if they play, then Cameron Green looks like he's in the in line to get dropped. Yeah, you can drop some people for lack of form, but other people just play until to their heart's content. I mean, I just find this fascinating. I also find it fascinating that they can't disrupt their batting order uh, by dropping David Warner, but they can completely overhaul their bowling attack with talk that maybe uh, someone like Michael Neeser or even Sean Abbott might come into the team to replace tied bowlers. Um, what's your take on that? Is there any chance that Neeser and Abbott might play in this game? I think uh, Neeser's probably a bit of a chance, but... I'd say only if uh, Stark and, and or uh, Marsh don't get up. I don't think they'll possibly uh, rest Cummins. Uh, and Hazelwood did look pretty tight as well. But I, I think they'll probably go in um, with the, the same pace attack. But they're probably a bit lucky that the last uh, couple of days were rained ran out England, gave them a little bit of a, a breather there after the, the flogging they copped uh, on day uh, days two and three there. So I think they'll go in... Uh, 
as they were in, in the fourth test. But if, uh, yeah, I'd say Cameron Green's probably the unlike, unlucky one to, to get dropped. Um, and, yeah, they're not going to rejig their top order at the moment. Uh, so David Warner's safe, uh, which probably doesn't say much for some of the reserves in the team, like Marcus Harris and, and Matthew Renshaw, who the selectors clearly don't have much faith in, uh, let alone Cameron Bancroft, who was the leading run scorer last Shield summer, as we've discussed previously. So, um, look, Warner's got one last chance, you'll think. Um, so he's never made 100 in the in the UK. So this might finally be his uh, opportunity, but I, I doubt it. Yeah, no, I tend to agree with you. I also think, um, Tristan, that if, um, if Mitch Marsh can't bowl, Cameron Green has to play, doesn't he? Our other bowlers are tired. Um, we need... We certainly need Todd Murphy, and you're absolutely right there. We always our formula for success involves having a spinner in the team, and and that's how important Nathan Lyon has been for so long now. But but surely, if Mitch Marsh can't bowl, Cameron Green has to play. You would think so, but Andrew McDonald said that uh, the number six would be uh, whoever is the best batter, and at the moment it's it's Mitchell Marsh. But yeah, you'd think with. Australia's uh, bowlers looking pretty tired, especially Pat Cummins. I mean, he looked absolutely exhausted. He's going to be playing his sixth test in about seven weeks, add in the captaincy. Never seen him look so ragged with the ball, really, as he did in, in that third te- uh, third day of the, the last test. So uh, he's he's really uh, running on fumes. Hazelwood, we know, is a bit of a injury risk. Um, Mitchell Stark uh, might looks a bit sore as well. So, yeah, I mean, Cameron Green, I think, had bowled fairly well at times. He sort of struggled more with the bat, but he, um, I've got a feeling they'll, they'll probably go with Mitchell Marsh, though, um, given what he's he's provided. Um, although the selectors are loath to drop Green, given, uh, I guess, he's the sort of future of the team. Um, but uh, I suspect Green's probably going to be the casualty. That's amazing. I mean, it really is. You know, you've got a geriatric who plays with no form and a and a young up and coming superstar who will get dropped um, just for for team balance when really team balance says he should play. Um, tell us about Pat Cummins' captaincy. The, obviously, some feedback that people saying he should step down after the tour. Um, he lost his way in that fourth test, didn't he? Sure did. I mean, the the tactics were pretty strange, just bowling short and basically playing England strengths. I mean, they love uh, they love the, the short ball. They love attacking, and and that's what they were uh, they sort of spoon-fed really on that third day. I mean, I've never seen Australia. It's been a long time since Australia looked just clueless and um, shambolic out there. They're pretty much the cricket equivalent of the West Coast Eagles right now. So um, they were... Uh, <laughs> Whack. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, they were... Uh, apart from a couple of times after uh, the, the sandpaper scandal, it's probably been 10 years since Australia looked just completely out of sync and uh, ragged um, and just completely out of ideas. And they just kept reverting back to bowling short, bowling straight, and it was going the distance pretty much from uh, Crawley and, and Best they were loving it. And I think England actually probably got carried away with it. They were relishing um, putting the foot into Australia that they forgot to declare. And ultimately, I think it probably might have cost them a chance of victory because they should have declared a lot earlier, uh, knowing 
the rain was around. So, Matt, I think, um, I think yeah, you're getting it wrong, Tristan. I, I think England obviously won. I've, I've listened to all the commentary coming out of England <laughs> um, throughout this test series. I'm, I, I mean, I know what the scoreboard says, but from from what I can tell, judging from what they're saying, they, they've actually won. They've actually won all four tests. I think it's 4-0, isn't it? So it's a chance for uh, England uh, a whitewashing in the tip test. But, no, it's been, it's been a very strange series. I mean, Australia have, at times, it's been all about England. I mean, the whole series has been about baseball. That's been the narrative, the compelling part of it. I thought the first couple of tests, England uh, were pretty reckless, and that's where Australia capitalised. And I think Australia played those clutch moments really well. But the last couple of tests, I think England have straddled that balance a lot better. The game plan's been, I think, um, much more spot on than it was earlier in the series. I think they probably drank their own bathwater to start the series with all the hype going on with, with baseball. And I think uh, that showed with even that first day, the declaration from Ben Stokes, a bit of hubris in that, I think. So, uh, But but since, uh, since Lords, I think England have found the right balance. And at the moment, uh, it, it's really thrilling to watch, really. So uh, just from a, a neutral point of view, I think maybe a little bit of a shame that the fifth test isn't up for grabs. It would have been an uh, incredible um, week in, in the UK where cricket can fall a little bit under the radar. It's not quite as popular as here in Australia. So, um, But, yeah, it's been a very interesting series. So I think Australia running on fumes, but I think can they give one last effort and win actually win the series outright? I don't think they'll be satisfied at just being 2-2 like four years ago. No, I certainly won't be. I think there's a moral victory to be had here by one of the two teams. I think if if England win and get back to 2-2, they will feel like they had the better of the 2-2. And I think if Australia wins and it gets it to 3-1, it settles all argument. Interesting uh, text coming through on the temperate bedshed text line from JJ in Geraldton. He says, I hope we get smashed just so it hurts England more. Uh, JJ, as I just said, I I think there's a bit on this one. and It's very much a live test, isn't it, even though we've reclaimed the ashes? It is because... You just know if it's 2-2, England will claim um, they won the series, basically, given what happened uh, in the in the fourth test and even some of the even earlier in the series was very tight. So if England were to win and if they won convincingly, I think they'll certainly claim the, the victory, really. But if Australia can win 3-1, I mean, that's a pretty comprehensive win. And I don't think England could surely, they couldn't sugarcoat that type of uh, scoreline. They might, but uh, 3-1's pretty convincing. So there is rain around there in in London. uh, So who knows what could happen. It might, uh, it could affect the the match again. But yeah, I think there's a lot riding on this. It's not quite like four years ago where Australia basically had uh, partied hard after winning uh, the fourth test and England were able to salvage a 2-2 result, but I think Australia were, were fairly happy to just retain the ashes, and it, it came shortly after the sandpaper scandal. So uh, it was a little bit of a different situation back then, but I think right now, being the number one test team in the world, the world test champions, I think they'll be disappointed if they can't uh, win this series, and it's going to be the last uh, test series for a number of the, the players as well. So it's a final opportunity to 
to win the UK. Yep, I agree with that. And I think um, if they need to freshen up a little bit, they should freshen up. But they should also maintain the structure that has been their winning formula. Another good text coming through on the temper at Bedshed text line from Murray in Cottesloe. He says, Duff, as Muhammad Ali said, if you want to be the champ, you have to whoop the champ. So it's, uh, that is what goes on the line at the Oval. Who's going to come out of this series better in the long term, do you think, Tristan? Is it going to be us or them? Well, both teams are, are fairly ageing. I think the most fascinating thing is will this, uh, will Basball, I guess, last? I mean, is it just a bit of a fleeting, a bit of a fad for now, or can they actually uh, continue playing this brand of cricket over the long distance? I mean, concern for England is, I mean, Ben Stokes is such a force of nature with the bat and his captaincy, but, I mean, he's, he's getting older, his, his body's struggling, so you, you feel without him if he sort of stops playing the next couple of years um, maybe it sort of fizzles away um, and Australia we know they're also a bit of an aging team, um, they'll go through a bit of a transition you'll think unless they keep just picking the likes of Warner for forever um, they probably will transition this summer um, but I still think Australia's got some pretty good pace stocks um, if you look around the, the shield um, as well so that's been at the core of the success of the team for a number of years. So as long as you've, I think, got a good attack, uh, you should be in, in in good stead. But I think the next Ashes in Australia should be a lot more interesting than we've seen uh, in previous contests because I think England, I think, quite clearly are um, building something that feels like it could be sustainable. Um, we'll see. But I think uh, at the moment the Ashes are in pretty good pretty good nick and we haven't said that for uh, for a while in terms of the ashes in Australia. It's been very one-sided for some time. Yeah, it's, it's definitely how will Blasball go in Australia do you think? Does it translate to Australian conditions or will it be too much bounce here for it to work? I think it, it could because England seemed to um, as I said earlier, they, they like the pace and the ball and obviously it's another challenge coming to Australia compared, compared to, to England. The, the pitch is a little bit slower but um, and flatter, uh, but they do tend to like playing that really aggressive, free-willing style. The short pitch bowling, they, they really counter-attack. Um, that's been their uh, sort of basis, uh, blueprint of success in the shorter formats, which they dominate. So I think they might, and, but I think it could really depend on their attack with if Mark Wood has just been such a, a difference maker since he's come into the side, if he can uh, be a reliable op- option and his body can hold up. And they've got Joffre Archer, who hasn't uh, played for some time. Um, he's unfortunately um, had a troublesome elbow injury for, for, for quite some time. And, but if he was able to play as well, all of a sudden England have a pretty formidable pace attack, which uh, they really need in Australia in, in the past. Anderson and Broad have been a little bit too pedestrian in Australian conditions, but you have Wood and Archer in Australia, and I think they've, uh, I think England will be really dangerous actually. So the next Ashes series here, I think, uh, will be a lot more competitive than we've seen in recent times. So speaking of extreme pace, what's happened to the wild thing, Lance Morris? He's just disappeared off the landscape altogether over there. What's, why did they pick him to go on this tour? Not sure. <laughs> he would have been very. He would have been very handy. It's been, uh, yeah. I think uh, the selectors 
if you can follow them a little bit, is they've been they're very loyal to their experienced senior season players, such as Warner, and uh, I guess you could even say the the pace attack with with Hazelwood. Um, but I think it was very pedestrian, very much the same in the fourth test that the attack, apart from Stark's uh, left arm bowling. So yeah, Morris I think would have been a really nice option uh, with his pace, and as I said earlier, Mark Wood is just changed up the series with his uh, extreme pace. So, uh, well, we won't see Morris in the, the fifth test, but I've got a feeling in the summer you'll we'll see him and it could start a bit of a transition because Australia's quicks uh, are getting into their 30s. So they're probably in the back end as well. So there's probably time. Uh, Australia, after this test, it could be a little bit of a change in the guard, I think. No, nah, keep them going, mate. Davy Warner, all the geriatric speed bowlers as well. Let's keep them. Let's keep them all going. We'll play old man's cricket uh, out here in, summer, in the summer next year. Who wins in at the Oval, Tristan? Look, I'm going to have to say England uh, reluctantly, but I do feel don't want to agree with England, but it, it does feel like two-two is, is probably a bit more of a fitting scoreline. Um, it has been extremely tight series. Feel like Australia running out of gas. They really need Pat Cummins to fire. We've seen how much Australia struggled when he's not on, uh, and he hasn't been the last couple of tests. So, if he can find one last, can summon one last burst of energy, then I think Australia might have a, a bit of a chance. And surely they're going to win a t- toss as well. They've lost the first four tosses, which hasn't helped. But if Cummins can win the toss and bat first, and I think. Australia, uh, yeah, might be in a fairly good position. And who knows, maybe David Warner will prove us all wrong and score a big 100 finally. Um, but no, I think the momentum certainly with England and I think they'll be very, very determined to, to win the test. So I think 2-2 will be a, sort of a fitting uh, result, although they'll be disappointing for Australia considering they'll 2-0 up. And I think to really cement this era of the last couple of years, a very strong period for Australian Test cricket, I think will be a bit disappointing if it's uh, a drawn series. Tristan, thanks so much. Always enjoy your insights and look forward to your coverage of the fifth Test in England. Thanks, Dave. Have a good one. Tristan Lavaletti writes for ESPN Crick Info, Forbes and Associated Press. What do you think? You can have your say on the temper at Bedshed text line on 0487 736 736. You can call us on the open line on 13 12 55. Good text from Graham in Padbury says, Basball in Australia might not be as effective on the bigger grounds. I think Lance Morris had a back injury pre-Ashes, which left him out. We are, as always, brought to you by Isuzu Utes. You can live your own way in the Isuzu D-Max. We'll be back with more after the break.